Trash Cinema. Hey everybody, welcome to Trash Cinema. This episode will be talking about two kind of recent movies, which we usually don't do, uh, in, in independent movies, and actually fairly well received, would you say, Kersey? Um... Yeah, I mean, I would say that Bite, probably not as much, but I did hear, I've heard a lot of good things about uh, Pet. Yeah, uh, both of them, and it's unusual for us because we usually either do truly crappy movies, which we've kind of moved away from, though, the last couple of years. We kind of do movies that seem like they would be garbage, and we find some joy in them. Uh, maybe not so much the uh, Light Blast, Laser Blast, and Blast Fighter, <laughs> but... Um, God. This one's different because these are two movies that were just under the radar. And when you read the plot analysis, it's like, well, that, that just sounds like shit. That sounds like just low-rent garbage. And yet, somehow, did Walt Festivals got picked up by fairly decent studios and got limited release and then just kind of faded away. So I, I think it's a good idea for us to discuss two movies that really did kind of miss its audience. Yeah, I feel like in the beginning we were kind of doing sort of the hidden gems, uh, things that we personally love that don't just don't get enough attention, and then kind of just scraping the bottom of the barrel as we kept moving on. And I feel like, you know, it would be nice to shine a little attention on something that probably deserves that probably deserves it. Yeah, uh, plot outline of Bite, and this is a surprising one. Okay, this is spoiler filled. Okay, don't go any further. If it, uh, we recommend both movies, I think. I recommend both, so that's all you need. Yeah. You just move on from there if you haven't watched them yet. But um, Bite starts off as a found footage movie, and I was like, "Fuck this! Is this the right movie? There's no way Kersey picked this because I, I don't. You're not a fan of found footage, if I'm correct." You know what? I'm going to probably disgust you and your audience and say I kind of do like found footage movies do if you? it's done okay. correctly. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a fan. Mm. I like The Bay, and that was about it. Most of it's because it triggers my vertigo. It makes me so fucking sick. <laughs> oh, okay. I really enjoy uh, VHS, if anybody has seen that. I have not. Uh, and only, I think it's the first segment in VHS 2 with the cult. That one's really good. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a fan if people are able to do it creatively. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I, hold on. Sacrament is really good, too. That one's about, like, the Jim Jones oh, cult. Oh, yeah. That was good. That one was good. But this one surprises you because it starts off with this. It, it builds up the the prologue where she's on vacation and they're in these uh, waters and she gets bitten by something. And, I mean, of course, we know what kind of movie it is, so we know it's not just, oh, well, that's it and let's move on. But then it switches narrative style and opening credits and then it goes into just a regular everyday kind of filming style. And that kind of threw me for a loop. I'm assuming, I don't want to be too cynical about it, but I'm just assuming probably they just needed to save money and just did the cheap option, which is to make a home video kind of thing. But it does kind of work for this movie because it's sort of, it's kind of almost in an ironic way because the home movie aspect is in the beginning is supposed to be like, oh, my trip to Mexico or wherever they were. Um, kind of like fun sort of uh, getaway turned uh, into something darker because she had like cheated on her soon-to-be husband oh, right, yeah and it sets up the all of the events that are about to happen later so there, there it does it, it, it does work in this in this film it kind of lulls you a little bit like hey look at my vacation footage you know that kind of feeling and uh 
And then when it switches, I mean, it's it's not like groundbreaking, and we know what's coming. It's basically the fly uh, formula, uh, you know, the metamorphosis yeah. kind of formula. But the way they do it, I think, is really clever. And I'm guaranteeing you, they probably spent maybe two hundred fifty thousand, three hundred thousand at most. This is a real independent movie, no names whatsoever, and the special effects they use are almost all practical except for a couple shots and in this convincing CGI but today you know CGI is just getting cheaper and cheaper yeah and the disgusting body horror oh. in this is exquisite yeah this is Cronenberg definitely it's it's a uh, body uh, what do you call it dysmorphia the the way that uh, it falls apart and deteriorates and becomes something else new but it's not that's the disgusting mm-hmm. part but what she does to other people and the fucking fish eggs I don't think I'd ever have uh, it's not caviar but you know uh, uh, on sushi they have the little damn it it's called roe roe um, the little tiny uh, fish eggs I don't know if I can ever have them again after watching yeah sushi. I know exactly what you're talking about and I, that movie which although it was gross kind of made me want some sushi but... oh really you had the exact opposite effects so you're like mm, give me some boba and oh, okay. maybe some mochi and <laughs> anything is bubble uh, uh, the, the tapioca uh, no Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's basically a what, four or five cast members, and most of it's trapped in her apartment as she slowly falls apart. So that is really cost efficient. Also, there's a lot of claustrophobia as she builds her lair, but she's losing control of who she is for most of it, and is suffering. And the thing that it does do, I think, is really smart, is that it switches from her being a victim to almost using the metamorphosis, the powers that she gains. Um, in almost a vigilante way to get revenge on the people who have wronged her. Yeah, and I, I really enjoy that aspect. It's it has this roller coaster effect um, that is really effective. And yeah, like when you would consider her boyfriend or soon to be husband kind of a dick. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the movie, he's not. He's not deserving of this horrible death of being injected uh, with eggs to be basically a conduit to new life and i think that the oh yeah yeah i think we should probably mention that the so when she turns into a bug basically she is like the queen of this um new sort of species i guess that she's giving birth to um which is which is is the ironic thing is that she's also uh can't have children i think is the Part of the movie, right? I, I, yeah, that part I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember if it was that she might be pregnant with someone else's kid, or that she can't have kids at all. That there was like some aspect of it that I can't remember now, but the, there's uh, an ironic twist to it. Yeah. So here's the interesting part. Did they explain why exactly, after all these years, that creature in the water bites? I mean, is this the first human that it ever bit? Was it like, oh, we had a minor earthquake and this escaped through the rocks? You know, it's a prehistoric creature. This is, it's kind of strange. I mean, is there a history of this happening before and they were able to stop it? I think in the, when, when they're showing the party footage or whatever, they're talking to some guy and he's like, shows them a map or something, or they had mentioned offhandedly that, you know, oh, very few people have ever found this place or something like that. That makes a lot of sense. Kind of your basic setup. I ask too many damn questions sometimes. I I ruin my own enjoyment with too many questions. It's good. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, you're yeah, right. That's what ruined The Last Jedi for me, was asking too many questions. I, I haven't. Oh, yeah, okay. Never mind. I have seen that one. Um, 
the thing at the end, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if they plan on doing a sequel, but it is truly one of those, oh, this is how the uh, world ends. You know, just like it, it unleashes from the uh, cocoon and apparently infects all of them and then it's just going to spread. It, it, it's the precursor to any, you know, apocalyptic monster movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, highly recommended. Uh, I believe people threw up in the audience when this first screened. Oh, wow. So you got that going for you. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, um, where did you find this one? It was Tubi, right? I don't recall. I think I just I just uh, found it online okay. uh, a couple weeks ago and was just like, oh, man, this would be great. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I found it on Tubi. And our second movie is free on Vudu, and that one's called Pet. And this is the one that got a bigger budget, uh, uh, an actual release from uh, Orion Pictures, which is MGM's genre division. And um, mm. no real names except Dominic Moynihan, who people remember from the Lord of the Rings movies and Lost. It's been a long time since those mm. movies, though, so I think people kind of forget who he is. Yeah, but I mean, you got—I mean, there's a lot of goodwill from those, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a big enough name that you don't have to pay too much money. It's another one of those. It's basically a one location kind of movie, and. What I enjoy, though, is the build-up to it. They spend a lot of time, like, is he cool, not cool, is he crazy, is he weird? It keeps flipping what you think is going to happen. And that's what I enjoyed about it, because it starts off as, like, a serial killer, stalker kind of movie, where he's a creepy loner, he works in a, um, uh, a a dog shelter, and following this girl but you don't know he's following her at first he's just kind of like i know you you're from my high school do you remember me and then all of a sudden he's at her workplace and then he's here and here and turns out he's been studying her for a long time and then he captures her and puts her in a cage in the back of the shelter like an old wing that they don't use anymore and it's weird is because and maybe it's just me i felt kind of sorry for him because they didn't want him to get caught even though i i was like oh he's obviously the bad guy and then his explanation changes everything. Yeah, it is a real journey. Like, when watching the trailer, I actually avoided this movie for a long time because I thought the trailer made it look really dumb. Uh, but don't don't just don't judge the movie based on the trailer because it really does take its time in developing the very complicated relationship that this guy has with this woman. It appears to be kind of a stalkerish movie, but he's not really a bad person per se. He's just really likes this person, and he's really awkward with people and doesn't know how to talk to people. Right. And I, I think that there is sort of this element to it that I think a lot of people can uh, understand because, like, he doesn't really know like how to talk to people, but he, and he but he wants to be able to start conversations. But how do you do that? We don't know the person. So he's just like on of her on her Facebook and you know just pulling off things that uh, she liked and writing it down so we can remember it later. And I think a lot of people can sort of relate to that sort of isolation uh, feeling, this isolating feeling that people have. And yeah. so I think it really did a great job expressing that he's not a bad person; that he's just lonely. Yeah, and then so here's a spoiler. <clears throat> Stop here. Uh, after he gets her in the cage, it flips. Turns out he's trying to save her because he's seen and read what she's done. And she has killed for her own enjoyment based on, again, a movie where there's a cheater in the relationship and things go wrong. And and, and, and then she decides to enact revenge. And then she finds it cathartic. It frees her. So she starts doing it to other people. She sets that guy on fire. That's nuts. 
and he thinks that she's worth saving. Turns out, nope. <laughs> yeah, not really. So yeah, it, again, um, it, it, yeah, they, and they don't tell you right away why he's keeping her in a cage. We're just kind of led to believe that his psycho obsession has taken this new form that's disturbing. And then after a little while, we start to understand more and more why he's doing it and what kind of psychological toll this is taking on him because he doesn't want to do it. But he has read her diary and she wants to be a writer. So she's writing all of these truths about herself, including, you know, murder and, but also these things about what she wants to be in her life, what she wants to accomplish. And the question is, what part of that is the fantasy? Is it that she finds it cathartic to kill and that's reality? Or does she not want to kill anymore? Is that her reality? So there's kind of this confusing back and forth that we're not quite sure who's in the wrong here. Yeah. And it just keeps leading to bad decision, bad decision, bad decision, and her manipulation of him. And, oh, it, it gets gross. There is some slicing and dicing in this. Yeah. There, yeah. It it uh, it goes it goes pretty far, and I like the development because it is it's developing this weird, creepy relationship between them that's not really sexual, where she's trying to push him to his absolute limit to become like her, while he is trying to pull her back into reality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of a battle of wills, um, and it, it's interesting to see how that develops out. I guess I'll spoil it here. Yeah, might as well. I mean, where have been this she has, yeah, she has an opportunity to be rescued. She's in a situation where one of the security guards at this um, dog pound finds out what this guy's doing, and uh, he has the ability to call the police. She has the ability to tell him what's happening, but she doesn't really. She kind of doesn't explain the situation and is just trying to get him distracted because she sees that the main character has walked into the room and has seen what's going on, but the security guard hasn't noticed that he's walked in. So then she tries to get him to kill the security guard so that he can basically become her now. So it's this really interesting situation that I, I loved it. Yeah, it's in the end though, when she's like, you're devoted to me, prove that you're devoted to me, and he takes off a finger. And I was like, holy fucking shit, and he does it. And then she just slashes his throat as like a... Oh, there you go, buddy, dumbass, you screwed up. Then she keeps him alive, and that was what was like, oh, my God. She kept him in a cage. He can no longer speak. He can't fight for himself. He's a filthy, disgusting monster now. Yeah, and that's what I really thought was interesting, too, because as her life kind of becomes normal again, we're led to believe that he's just, you know, he's died. And we kind of go back to where she's at, uh, finds out her boyfriend is cheating again. And instead of killing him, she instead goes to uh, a secure place where the main character is sitting in a cage uh, that she was in, except he's like all fucked up. Like he's got his eyes cut out, no more tongue, and he's like missing fingers. He's just fucked up. And she basically has been using him, like torturing him, but keeping him alive as like this way of expressing her psychotic. Uh, desire to kill without actually killing anybody so oh. he just kind of becomes this this toy for her to just torture yeah it's unbelievably fucked up but but in a uh, 
It didn't make me feel sleazy. Like, some of the movies we've watched in the past, I feel kind of filthy afterwards. And this is kind of yeah. higher-level grindhouse. Yeah, it, it has a lot going for it that I think is is really worth watching. Yeah, and both movies have pretty solid acting. I never rolled my eyes with anything, you know, because sometimes these movies can be like, well, we don't can't afford good actors, so this is what we're going to, you know, we'll throw in Michael Madsen or something for one day, and that's how we'll sell the movie, and it doesn't do that. I mean, I mean, bites opening is pretty pretty stupid, but it it builds on itself. It doesn't just it's not just cheap and and easy for the sake of being easy. There there is a reason it's filmed like that. It yeah. just kind of takes a minute for it for it to kind of connect. So I I would recommend both. Would you? Well, of course you would. You would recommend. You told oh, yeah, me to watch them. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. That's a dumbass <laughs> question. <laughs> All right, so that is the end of yep. this episode. Uh, check us out on Facebook under Video Night Podcast, and we'll be back next week with another episode for Valentine's Day. I think. I might oh, be wrong. Oh, might everyone's be, favorite. I might be putting these out of order, so don't mind me if I'm wrong. Shut up. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, say goodbye. Don't listen to him, folks. All right, say trashy, everybody. <laughs>